Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burragoon campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Oh, we thank you, Jesus, for who you are. And we know that we're only here this morning declaring the hope and the beauty of those words because of what you did on the cross. You loved us so deeply that you would come, take on human form, wade into the brokenness and the sin of our world. You might redeem it and that we might one day be free of it. And so there will our hope, our future, eternal life found in you, all of that. It's got nothing to do with us. It's not because we're good enough. It's got everything to do with you, that you loved us despite our brokenness, despite our unfaithfulness, the sin that pervades our life, you loved us. And so you came and you set us free. And so we thank you, Jesus, that we can be here this morning and we can declare the truth and the hope of those words that death is never going to hold us, that we are free, and that in you we have life, eternal life, and that it's on offer for anyone who would believe. We thank you for that in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't you take a seat? Beautiful. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to church. A special welcome to any visitors that we have here this morning. Just amazing to have you guys with us. It's wonderful to be here. This is week three in our series, Spiritual Rhythm. We're going to have a look at Zacchaeus this morning as we unpack what it means to walk in the light. And it's worth saying there's activity sheets down the front for all the kids here this morning, so feel free to come on down and grab one of those. It's also worth saying that we've got 19 copies of the book Spiritual Rhythm on their way to seeds, 12 of which have already been claimed. And the book itself is going through a reprint, which means it's incredibly difficult to get a hold of. So if you want one, my advice would be to get in quick and maybe to pay the seeds person a favor that might get passed on to me. Do what you gotta do. Get in quick. You know, one of Jesus' biggest claims is found in John chapter eight. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. The light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. It's a theme that's picked up again and again all throughout the New Testament, culminating ultimately in Revelation 21, which says the city, which is the the heavenly city, which is to come, does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light. And the lamb, that is Jesus, is its lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and the honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's a beautiful picture. That is our hope, our future. But it stands in stark contrast 
to the world around us. A world that is languishing in darkness. It's true on a cosmic level, but it's true on an individual one as well. And so I'm fully aware that you might be sitting there this morning putting on a brave face, but if you were honest, you'd say, that's me. I'm lost. Scrounging around in the darkness, but the truth is I'm lost. And if that is you, I would say, I'm so glad you're here because the story of Zacchaeus is such good news for you. Zacchaeus was a man who had it all, wealth and power, he had it all, but inwardly knew that he had nothing at all. That's why he was so hungry for the light, so desperate to see Jesus. Mark Buchanan puts it like this in his book, Spiritual Rhythm. He says, we're most light-starved and so most hungry for the light in winter or in any gray or difficult season. That's why Jesus said that some of the most sinful people are closer to the kingdom of God than some of the most righteous. righteous. The adversity of their lives, the damage they've done to self and others, the clear evidence that their lives aren't working on their own terms make them, at least some of them, desperate for a way out. Their deeds are evil, but it makes them long for the daylight. Well, that's Zacchaeus. That encapsulates his story beautifully, but maybe that's some of you here this morning. Well, this passage is such good news for you and me. Why don't we read it together? It's going to be up on the screen. Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 10. If you've got your Bible, please feel free to read along. It will be up on the screen. They've got the kids here this morning. I want you to keep an eye out for any references to sight or to somebody seeing something, okay? Because I think that's the key to this passage. All the kids, I want you to look out for the word see, look, all that kind of stuff. This is our passage. Luke chapter 19, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up, And said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. And so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter. That word means actually more like complain, whinge. He has gone to the guest, to be the guest, sorry, of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. That word is an indication of faith. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Okay, so Jesus is making his way through Jericho. He's on his way to Jerusalem because he's making his way to the cross. It's the final week of his life, the most significant part of his ministry, but it's also the height of his popularity amongst the people. I mean, you flip over just one page and you see Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. 
Everywhere he went, enormous crowds gathered just to see him and, and hear him speak, and Jericho is no different. But in the midst of that enormous crowd, there's this little man named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus means pure or, or righteous one, which is ironic when you think about it because that's not what people thought about him at all. When people looked at Zacchaeus, and saw a traitor. They saw someone like this guy. I got a photo up there for you, a little, sorry, picture. Yeah, that guy right there. <laughs> now the kids know who that is. For the uneducated here this morning, this man is Hans from Frozen. Now he looks like a good guy, right? Look how handsome he is. He looks so nice. That guy, he's a fantastic guy. No, he's not. Am I right, kids? He is a terrible human being. He's a terrible, terrible man. Well, he betrayed Anna or Elsa. I can't remember which one is which. He betrayed one of them. I only watched it because I'm a father. Give me a break, come on. He betrayed one of them for personal gain. Pretended to love them and then betrayed them, why? Because he wanted to be king. He just kind of used them. Now Zacchaeus was kind of like that. You're thinking, really, yeah. Well, he was a tax collector. And I know that doesn't sound like that big of a deal. He's a tax collector, so what? But tax collectors were essentially traitors. Well, they served the Roman government, collected taxes for the Roman Empire, which ruled over and oppressed the Jewish people. And Zacchaeus is Jewish. And you know, when people talked about tax collectors, they usually grouped them up with thieves and murderers. That's how much they hated them. And I'll give you a couple of examples. Matthew chapter nine. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to Jesus' disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? They put them in the same category tax collectors and sinners. Or there's the prayer of the Pharisee in Luke chapter 18. God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, e evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. People hated tax collectors. I can't stress that enough. They were social outcasts. And there's a reason for that. They betrayed their own people for money. That's what a tax collector did. Betrayed their own people for money. And Zacchaeus wasn't just a tax collector, he was a chief tax collector. Which meant that he had responsibility over an entire region. It's a, a contract or a position that was sold to the highest bidder by the Roman government. So here's what you need to understand. Zacchaeus paid an enormous amount of money to serve his oppressors and gouge his own people. And he did it for money. It made him incredibly wealthy. The taxation system itself was full of moral ambiguity. Romans didn't care how you raised the money as long as you hit your quota. And anything above that amount was yours. That's your profit, that's your cut. Oh, it's a system that incentivized corruption. 
where tax collectors were continually charging far more than was actually required so they could line their own pockets. That's Zacchaeus. That's who he is, that's what he did. And why is that important? Because it absolutely is. I think sometimes we read this story and we think, oh, Zacchaeus, what an adorable little man. He's like four foot two, probably weighed 50 kilos. He's essentially the Frodo Baggins of the ancient Near East, right? Barefoot, hairy feet. Climbs a tree. That's just adorable. He's just desperate to see Jesus. What a guy. We like him. He's, he's so nice. And they always draw him and, and he's so good, right? And it's just not true. It's not true. It, it's completely the wrong image about Zacchaeus. He wasn't a great guy. He was greedy and dishonest. He betrayed his own people for money. Ruined people's lives so that he could line his own pockets. Zacchaeus was walking in the darkness. And I think he knew it. I think Zacchaeus knew that, that he materially, right, from, from a world standards, he had everything. He was powerful, incredibly powerful, important, wealthy, and yet I think inwardly empty and broken. I think that's Zacchaeus. And that's why he was so desperate to see Jesus. He's heard all the stories, right? traveled near and far, right? People knew who Jesus was. That's why there are crowds gathering, right? The blind see, the lame walk, and the dead are raised to life. This guy changes people. He flips people's worlds upside down, and Zacchaeus is thinking, I want that. Whatever Jesus does in people's eyes, in lives, I want that. And he's there in the midst of this enormous crowd. Remember, all of them hated him. Probably wanted to smack him on the way by, but he's there because he's desperate to meet Jesus, to see him with his own eyes. He can't see over the crowd. And let's be honest, there's no way that anyone was letting Zacchaeus squeeze in. Not a chance. So he runs on ahead, climbs a sycamore tree, and waits for Jesus to walk by. And I really think that's all Zacchaeus thought would happen. And I have no doubt that he thought in his mind, Jesus would just walk on by. He's not thinking for a second that Jesus would stop for someone like him. And yet we get to verse five. Jesus reaches the spot and, and he stops and, and he looks up. That word is anablepo. It means to, to direct one's vision upward. And man, I think that's significant. That Jesus would take the time to stop and to see him. I think Zacchaeus felt invisible. I think he thought he was invisible. He was unseen and unloved by everyone around him, everyone but Jesus. And everyone else just saw his brokenness. They saw the greed and dishonesty which marked his life, and maybe rightfully so, but Jesus saw past that. Jesus saw him. And I want every little person here this morning to know that Jesus sees you. That's a beautiful thing. He doesn't just see your mistakes, and that will never be true. 
He sees you. Loves you deeply. That's a powerful, powerful thing. And you might be sitting there thinking, yeah, but you don't know what I've done. And it's true. I don't, I don't, I don't know. But I do know that Jesus came for broken people just like you and me. He makes that so clear in verse 10. He says, I came to seek and save the lost. I came for people who were scrounging around in the darkness, for each and every person who's longing for the light. And that's really good news. And so much in the rest of this passage, we don't have time to kind of go through all of it. I just want to skim through it. Jesus invites himself over for dinner. Why? Because that's his greatest desire, to know us. It's a picture of relationship and intimacy, which flips the keys of his world upside down. He's no longer unseen and unloved. No, he's fully known and fully embraced by the King of Kings. And I can tell you right now, that changes everything. And it set him free. And we see that he has to give everything away. You know, there's a parallel between this story and the story of the rich young ruler. Both of them were incredibly rich. Both of them encountered Jesus. The rich young ruler says to Jesus, I followed the commandments since I was a boy, so what else do I have to do? Now, just as a side, he absolutely did not follow the law to the dot, but that's a different story, whatever. Okay. Jesus turns around to him and says, go and sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. It's exactly what Zacchaeus did, by the way. Completely unprompted. Jesus doesn't tell him, he just does it. It's exactly what Zacchaeus did. And yet we get to verse 22 of the other story and it says, at this the young man's face fell and he went away sad because of his great wealth. Two sides of the same coin. The rich young ruler walked away sad because he wasn't ready to lay down everything. Not yet. Zacchaeus walked away changed and redeemed because he knew that Jesus was worth it. And he gives away half of his obsessions, pays back every person that he's ever cheated. We don't have time to go into it, but essentially, he chose the most severe form of restitution that's given to us in the Old Testament, in Old Testament law. Chose it. The most serious and severe restitution that's laid down. Which says two things. Number one, he understood the seriousness of what he'd done. He wasn't running from it or sweeping it under the rug. No, he owned it. That's awesome. Number two, it means that he was free. It's not where he's looking for security and significance, not anymore. Now he's encountered Jesus, fully known, fully embraced by the King of Kings. That's a security, a sense of worth and value that money couldn't possibly hope to buy, which means the kiss was free. He could let go. He could give. He could be generous. He could walk in the light because he was free. I want to finish with two quick uh, excerpts from the book, Spiritual Rhythm. Mark Buchanan says, Jesus came as a sign of God's love, and that love radiates. 
calls for faith, to put your full weight in the gift of God, and it calls for facing up, choosing to come to the light, to bring your whole self into the wide searching brightness of it. The light exposes and the light heals. It's the healing, the promise of it that draws some in, and it's the exposing, the threat of it that keeps most at bay, that indeed keeps most loving the darkness. But you can't get well in the dark. You doom yourself by trying, and yet we try anyway. The perpetual delusion of humanity is thinking we're better off hiding than confessing, avoiding rather than facing, clinging to our sickness instead of taking the remedy that's freely given and readily available. If we just step into the light. Here's the beautiful truth of the gospel and it's so evident in this story. Jesus didn't sit back and wait for us to clean ourselves up. He waded into the midst of our brokenness, our sin, to meet us in the midst of our desperate need. He came to us. He paid the price for our rebellion. He did everything because he knew that we were just flailing around in the darkness, completely unable to fix and to save ourselves. And he says to anyone here this morning who's hungry for the light, I see you. I don't just see your mistakes. No, I see you. I came for people just like you. And I want to know you. And I want to take you out of the darkness and I want to lead you into the light and into life. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Well, that invitation is for each and every one of us and it's there every day. Jesus is just there knocking on the door. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you truly do see us and that you love us despite all of our failings, despite our unfaithfulness, our selfishness, the the things that we've done to continually bring brokenness in this world and yet you, you see us, you step towards us, you don't run, you step towards us and you invite us to step into the light. And because of who you are, there is life there. We know, Father, the light exposes things in us. I pray, Father, we'd be such a sure sense of the love and the grace that you have for us that we'd be able to step boldly into the light. Not afraid. Not coming on the basis of our own good works anyway. And so free. Say, Jesus, here I am. Take me. So I pray, Father, that be here, people here this morning who do not know you. I pray, Jesus, that they would hear you knocking at the door. And I pray that they'd have the courage, the eyes to see you for who you are, that you are the light of the world, and in you is areas life. 
This I pray for in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.